You're listening to VoiceOver Coffee Shop, episode number 24. Welcome to the VoiceOver Coffee Shop, where we share our morning with some of the finest names in VoiceOver. And now, here's your host, voice actor Andrew Morrison. Hi there, my name is Andrew Morrison, and welcome to the VoiceOver Coffee Shop where we start our day with some of the finest names in voiceover. If you'd like to know more about me, feel free to visit my personal website at www.voicebard.com. In this episode, we continue coffee with my dear friend, Cliff Zellman. Cliff is the Director of Talent Management at ACM Talent for their automotive division, as well as the owner of Amazing Demos. In the previous episode, we dove into the wonderful world of automotive, where he gave us a taste of what goes into being in that competitive space. In this episode, we talk about making your automotive voiceover persona, directly marketing to ad agencies and car dealerships, creating something valuable your clients want to see, and three types of automotive commercials. it's really up to the individual, you know? I mean, it's all about how you market yourself. That if you build it, if you record it, they will come, don't, doesn't work. You know, you've got to create that automotive persona. You've got to make those lists of the production companies, reach out. Um, when you do reach out, I'm always telling people, uh, give them a reason to wanna hire you. You know, you can't say, I'd love to work with your company. Well, yeah, no kidding, you know? Hundreds of emails you're getting a day. I would. I, I got a line right outside my door. Fifty people that'll do it right now for free. That would love to be in front of a microphone. You know, holding the microphone, doing voiceover. Right. They take their selfie. You know. Um, so you know you you've got to really give the agency a reason why they want to work with you, and then follow up. You know, if you send your demo, you send an email, you send an introduction you don't hear anything back or you hear a little bit, you know, when do you follow up? Is it a month, three months, six months? And my response is, you know what? It doesn't really matter. What matters is how you follow up. And if you follow up with something of value, not just, Hey, I'm still here. I'd love to do some spots with you. You know, I, I remember I sent you my demo last week or last month or six months ago, whatever. It's like, Oh God, don't give me an assignment. You know, don't make me right. look for it. But I have talent that send, they send me spots that they do all across the country. And they think, you know, they're sending me stuff to say, hey, Cliff, look how awesome I am. And they include stuff. Hey, man, I did this Chevy spot, uh, Ford spot. I, I thought of you when I was doing it. Or I, I channeled my, the last coaching session we did together. And this is the spot that we did. And they think they're sending me, you know, uh, an example of how awesome they are, which they are. And yes, they are. But what they're really doing me is what they're really doing is sending me spots all over the country that I wouldn't normally get to see. So wow, how valuable is that for me being in the middle of the country, um, getting to see what's being aired tomorrow in San Francisco, in Oregon, in Washington, in Florida, all over the country. So that's really valuable to me. Mm -hmm. um, and every time I get one of those, I write, you know, awesome, great, great job. And it usually is, you know, keep them coming. Right. You know, keep them coming. So we've got this thing going on. You know, he keeps in touch with me by sending me something of value that I want to open, that I want to read. I don't want to see the 
you know, a lot of people send out newsletters and stuff and they're nice, you know, it's the same picture from their kitchen window, you know, okay, fine. Um, but make it something of value. Uh, Volkwinch sent something out of about a month ago and it was, maybe it was longer than a month ago because I think it was like trying to bring a smile to our face in these very challenging times. Right. Um, they had about 25 or 30 VO jokes. They were hysterical. I was crying through, the, through every one of them. I'm like, oh my God, that's me. Oh my God, I know every single one of these. And, and they were really funny. They weren't just a joke with VO, you know, exchange for whatever. The joke was, these were very specific VO jokes. And they were, every one of them was hysterical. And all it was, was Volkwin reaching out. You know, hey, we're still here. You know, we're, we're still a good site. We're, you know, we're still a good value to the, the VO community. By the way, here, let's make you laugh for 20 minutes. And I loved it. I posted it. I said, you know, I don't know if you guys have, you know, it's, it was on the Volquent newsletter. I got it via email. Mm -hmm. And I said, you know, I don't know who gets the Volquent email or not, but this, this is what follow-up is. You know, this is uh, something that makes the receiver want to open the email. You know, sometimes I open emails like, oh, God, oh, I don't want to see it. That's going to make me work. Will you critique my demo? So how do you create an automotive persona? Like, like what goes into that? Because I know you, you mentioned that's the first step. Well, it's not, not the first step. You know, the first step is to make the commitment that you're going to spend the time to right. market yourself and not just do this and leave it on the shelf and expect your phone to ring. I mean, right. That's the first. And then the second thing is realize... It's just as difficult of a genre as any other genre in voiceover. Automotive is, is not an open door. Um, less people compete and less people get through because less people really understand how to do automotive. But nonetheless, it's just as difficult. Um, to create an automotive persona, it's how you create anything. There you go. Take a little bit of oil and put it on your forehead. Take a picture. Yeah, just an automotive just, guy. Just picture of a uh, of uh, jeans and a white t-shirt with a wrench over my back and exactly. exactly. <laughs> or, or or get one of those things that you slide under and and have a buddy take a picture of your boots. You know, underneath the car. That's the backdrop behind. Have hook a hook, great hook a microphone right under the door and just be sitting under it while you're. Well, you <laughs> want to be authentic, you know, you don't want to be too sticky because, you know, they'll get that. Um, it, it's whatever you want it to be. You know, you've got a great automotive demo. Um, and the reason you really, I believe through my experience, why you need an automotive persona is that if an, a client is looking for an automotive voice, you cannot give them a commercial demo. They don't know. And I'm not talking national. I'm talking local. Right. Right, 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 right. They don't really know what they're listening to. You could have the most beautifully produced commercial demo, but if you're talking about United Healthcare and Southwest Airlines, unless you're talking prices, incentives, call to action, creation of urgency, terms, and, and how you say it, how do you bracket the special? How do you say the name? How do you brand GMC? We are professional grade. There's a, a way that each one of those is said, um, the way a voiceover talent spends thousands, hopefully, of hours working on their brand. Same, you know, think of what General Motors spends, you know, millions and millions of dollars a year. So even if you're doing a local spot, they want 
that sound, you know, their sound. Toyota, let's go places. They always sound the same. You're probably not going to hear Toyota, let's go places. You're not going to hear too right. far off of what the national sound is. So you can become an automotive persona instantly without Photoshop, you know, grab your camera, take some pictures. Uh, if you got a buddy that works at a, a mechanic, you know, hang upside down on the, on, on the car thing, you know, as you're reaching for something, have a great automotive demo. Um, maybe tag a video to it if possible. Um, it's absolutely possible. Um, nothing generic, something that's really specific that looks like an actual, you know, car spot uh, on your demo. Maybe you can have a demo of you doing an on hold. Um, phone tree is always good. Um, on hold is great for because a lot of times the on air voice will be the on hold. Mm -hmm. And what is an on hold other than an endless commercial? Brand all, you're, all you're saying is thanks for holding. Uh, we appreciate your patience. Somebody will be with you shortly. Then you got a minute commercial. Did you know that our body shop is open from 7 a.m. to 9 p.m.? We're an award-winning blah, 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 and sell more of that. We've won the President's Award three years in a row. That's why your neighbor's shop, please stay on the line. You know, So they want to hear you know, that kind of stuff. And after the sale is always good because now some dealerships are giving you a little flash drive. When they give you the key, you pop it in. Thanks for shopping. You know, we're as excited as you are for buying your new car at Cliffy Toyota. Did you know that maintenance is a regular part and our service hours are open from? So there's all kinds of things you can do. You load up your page with a bunch of different things um, that all pertain to the genre that you want to do. Now, I always recommend, uh, unless you have hardcore representation, unless you are a SAG member, um, don't set your goals for national spots. It's, it's very difficult. They're very hard to get. Um, those auditions are going to go to the big powerhouse agencies. Uh, you're not going to get a phone call from General Motors and ask you to read. Um, if you do local, which is you can do anywhere in the country as long as you don't cross airspace, um, that may restrict you if you want to, if you eventually do move into national um, because you have to sign non-compete. Mm -hmm. uh, there's all kinds of stacks of papers and contracts that your agents and managers all take care of with, with the hot shots at GM or, or whoever you're working with. Um, you do a Ford spot, you can't do a Chevy spot, but yeah, that should be our biggest problem, right? right. God forbid Chevy and Ford should both want, <laughs> we'll cross that bridge when we get to right. <laughs> So, you know, um, I, I see people on, oh, no, I'll never do this because then, you know, you won't, if you do Pepsi, you won't be able to do Coke. Excuse me? You know, so um, it, it's, it's really kind of a rough road to do a national spot without the heavyweights behind you, which is why local and regional is great. Um, for those that don't know, there's three main levels of automotive. Also known as tiers, tier one, tier two, tier three. Tier one is manufacturers advertising. Ford, Ford spot. Chevy, Chevy spot. It's all Chevy. It's vehicle centric. We're talking about the car. We're not talking about a location. Car, car, car. Beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. Right now, get $5,000 off during Chevy, blah, blah, blah. Chevy, buy new roads. Um, all done by the manufacturer. Tier two is regional. 
where you will get a national spot that has a regional tag on it. Um, a lot of times you'll see a national spot, last five seconds or 10 seconds is test drive one today at your North Texas Toyota Truck Dealers, you know, brought to you by Toyota Truck Dealers Association. Um, that's an automotive group uh, getting money, pulling their money together to sell Toyotas within their region. Then there's tier three, and that's one owner dealerships. Hi, everybody. This is Bob over at Bob Chevrolet. Come on down this weekend. One owner. Now, of course, we've graduated since then, and we've moved on and, and kind of evolved. Uh, sure, we do a lot of, you know, on-the-lot spots, and it's fun because they're kind of local celebrities. And, you know, pretty much the guy that owns the big car dealerships in your town is probably the richest guy in town. He probably has parks or libraries named after him or a high school gym named after him. And, and the, the, his name is on all the little league hats and jerseys. So, you know, they're, they're known um, around town. Um, but a lot of dealerships also like to have an image. Mm -hmm. um, Lexus dealers, infinity dealers, a beautiful place to buy or lease a beautiful car in the heart of wherever, you know. So tier three, it ain't union. It's per spot. Um, it's not really a buyout because after a week, they really can't use it anymore. Um, airing a spot that has expired terms uh, can be costly and not good for your credibility. And a radio station could be fined and a, a production company can be fined and the dealership could be fined. You know, I mean, it's you got to really fight it to go that far. But usually if something like that happens, the dealership will say, okay, you get the 2000 off. What the hell, you know, you're lucky. Um, and then we get in trouble, you know, the agency, because we bought the media, you know, we right, bought right. the time. They, well, that was supposed to be last Monday, not this Monday. Doesn't happen very often, if ever. Um, but uh, the one owner may have multiple dealerships. You know, he could have a used dealership. He could have a, a import dealership. He could have a Chevy dealership, could have, you know, whatever. Mm -hmm. So you get in with one owner in Dallas, the guy would be Huff Hines. I mean, he owns everything here in Dallas and he's got, you know, multiple dealerships all over the city. And um, yeah, they'll use different voices for different, uh, you know, dealerships. The the Ford guy, the used guy is going to be different maybe. Um but uh, it's, it's wide open, you know, and it, when you hook up with an advertising agency, that agency can have 20, 30, 40 active clients all over the country. So instead of getting a agent the way a voice talent normally would get an agent to get them jobs, an auto, local automotive guy hooks up with an ad agency, and that really kind of becomes their agent. They'll call you up. Hey, Andy, you got anybody in Houston? Yeah, I do. Oh, okay. Well, we'll call you next week. Or, hey, Andy, you got any, you, you're working with a dealership in Chicago. No. Well, you got one now. I'll send you the script. Read it. I want it back in two hours. And that's how it, it goes. You know, you want to get on the roster of an automotive advertising agency. Getting in contact with the general manager of the dealership is a good idea, but they're real busy, you know, and, and the general manager will jump in after everything's done so he can go in and throw a wrench and everything and make you start all over again rather than, you know, be there in the very beginning um, a lot of the times. But so that's that's it with automotive. I mean, it's it's nonstop. So I know you studied Mandarin. You ever do on hold 
uh, spots in Mandarin? Or <laughs> you know, I, I studied Mandarin for a lot of years at UCLA Extension, and I absolutely loved it, and I immersed myself in it, and it helped me um, secure six trips to Taiwan. Oh, teaching audio engineering and music production. Mm -hmm. And every time there a new studio would open, I would go fly down there, either with BMG Music or Friendly Dog Music Group or Action Music, whatever the Taiwanese company. And I would teach their engineers how to make big American, you know, productions. And, uh, <laughs> oh, so much fun. And I was in a studio sometimes for a month, month and a half, rarely spoke English, you know. But, I mean, my God, it was 25 years ago. And... I can still remember what I studied. Um, if I would go back to Taiwan for maybe a month, my ear would get better. But um, I, can, I can still write what I studied, you know, because you study it, you know. Right. But to, to carry on a conversation, it would be a little difficult um, because I, I, you, you lose the ear, you know. Mm -hmm. I mean, I haven't been dependent on mandarin especially taiwanese dialect which is what i was most familiar with um when you don't hear it for 25 years you know i i go for dim sum and my, my the owner mike chen my buddy you know we speak chinese but i'm probably ordering a charcoal broiled tractor <laughs> <laughs> don't really know um, but um you know was not bad, you know, and I don't speak Chinese every day. Dallas because I'm in Dallas. But you know, I like my teacher. I like my chair. My I like my table pencil my windows <laughs> that's what you learn but it was fun i got straight a's because i didn't have to be there you know that's that's why i did so well because it was something i really wanted to do and uh, growing up in a jewish household in the san fernando valley in the 60s and 70s we ate chinese food every single night and we would go to hotoys and i would see the chinese characters and they're so beautiful As a, you know kid five six seven years old and they would give me a uh, placemat you know one side was this red zodiac placemat oh. that, that has you know the rat and all that stuff and the other side was empty so i would sit there with a the pencil and i would try to draw the characters um, mushu pork you know or laundry third floor and i just loved it so you know I, when i got into when i saw the opportunity to sign up and and really i've got books in my closet back you wouldn't believe i mean five years i was sitting in a recording console doing homework you know well i was supposed to be recording but i'd be doing much chinese homework it was fun it's a lot of fun and being in taiwan you know it's funny because i i, I look like an american oh you look like a rumble you know everybody thought i looked like <laughs> long hair, you know 25 years ago i kind of looked like rambo a little bit with the long black hair you know and they would talk about me and not know that I understood, you know, what they were saying. Mm -hmm. And that was fun. Um, one time, I think I was in an elevator and one guy says, my God, that guy's as big as a cow, you know, cause I was a big guy, you know, next to them. So as the doors open, I walk out, I turn around and I went, moo. And they were like, 
they didn't expect that. But it was fun. It was, it was a lot of fun. So what else I, do you do outside of voiceover, outside of the booth? What what really rocks your socks off? Like what what other hobbies or just things that take your mind away from the booth? Well, um, I've got my guitars and I've got my music that I love to play. And I do about maybe an hour a night. Um, there's a great website called Cordify. And what it is, and, and it's, it's easy. And some people, you know, I read the reviews. Oh, this sucks and blah, blah, blah. And I can do this myself. What it is, is you any song, any song on YouTube, any song, type it in. It'll pull up the video in the upper right-hand corner. And then you'll get a scroll of the chord chart. Really? Real time. So you pick somebody to love for Queen. There's the video and it tick, 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 tick. And the chords. As it's playing, you see the chords moving, you know, and you just sit there and play along. It's so much fun. One night I'll do like all Bruce Springsteen. Then I'll do all Pink Floyd. Then I'll do all Alice Cooper. Then I'll do all, you know. Uh, That's me. Oh, it's oh, it's fun. Cordify.net. C-O-R-D-I-F-Y.net. It's like six bucks a month. I love it. And everything, the most esoteric stuff you would never think was up there. And what you think is esoteric is mainstream to YouTube. You know, I mean, because YouTube gets crazy deep. Mm -hmm. And um, I do a night of Zappa, you know, and sometimes it'll be a guitar night. Sometimes it'll be a bass night. But, but that's fun. Um, when I was in high school, uh, I skipped every class and spent the entire senior year in the jewelry shop. And we had, this was back in the days when we had auto shop and wood shop and metal shop and jewelry shop. And they don't do that anymore because of insurance. You know, kid cuts off his finger. Back in the 70s, like, oh, dude, that's radical. They go to the hospital, <laughs> they come back the next day. You know, now they shut down the school and, right. you know, and Dateline is there, you know. So there was a girl in print shop that got her hair, big chunk of her hair ripped out in one of the automatic presses. We just said, man, it was, it was her fault. You know, you got to tie your hair back. You got to be careful. Um, so I made a lot of jewelry and that actually paid for a lot of stuff in college. And um, as I got out of school and started to get more involved in my career, I got further away from that. And about four or five, six months ago, I said, I want to do it again. So it's because, you know, it's so intense from seven o'clock in the morning to me until seven, eight, nine, ten o'clock at night. That if I'm not playing my guitar, I'm in my jewelry shop doing that wonderfully repetitive, listening to Thick as a Brick, you know, some old prog from the 70s and filing away. And it's nice and quiet, you know, so it's therapy. And I give them away for special gifts. Um, I did one for uh, one of my best VO buddies that uh, was the uh, executive producer of VO Atlanta, uh, Christy Bowen. I don't know if you know Christy. Yeah, I know Christy Bowen. Um, so she's been like one of my bestest buddies in VO for 10 years going on. We're always in a position where we were there to support each other. I started, joined in with uh, ACM and like two weeks later, or either two weeks before or two weeks later, Christy. <laughs> now part of ACM. I was like, whoa, we're are you following me? Are you following me? We've actually done breakout sessions where her and I were the only ones that showed up at our own breakout sessions, you know, just to give each other moral support, you know. So I made her a beautiful ring all during Bio Atlanta. And the neat thing about it is when I'm making it for somebody, as I'm sitting there working on it, I'm thinking about them, you know, and I'm thinking about the 
good times we've had and things that we've done and conversations that we've had, sessions we've done together, projects we've worked on, uh, watching each other grow. And I, that kind of puts a little, you know, magic into it, I think. And then when I set it up and they have, every time she looks at it, she'll say, hey, thanks, Cliff. You know, and it, it's fun. And to me, that's it's worth more than the 40 bucks. Right. And so, um, so anyway, so well, that's what I do. My jewelry, right. my music, my dog, my kids, my wife. Um, what else do I do for fun? Nothing. I do whatever my wife tells me to do, basically, is, is what I do for fun. So what are some of the, um, the resources that have kind of helped take you from, um, from stocking Cokes and the, and the band spreads to, to being where you are today? What do you believe some of those resources were? Staying alive. <laughs> Dude, it wasn't easy staying alive in LA in the 80s. I they, were, they were dropping like flies. Um, resources, uh, surrounding yourself with the best people you possibly can. Keep your mouth shut. Keep your eyes open. Keep your ears open. Um, don't look too needy. Um, resources. When I was growing up and the internet really first started to take off was maybe 1992. You know, we had bulletin board services um, that we used to go to that were college, you know, uh, run. Mm -hmm. So uh, if there's any questions about audio and microphones and acoustics and theory, uh, the questions that, that we had back then were much more scientific, um, much more standardized mm -hmm. because you had a recording studio, a microphone, tape. You know, there were certain uh, laws of physics and acoustics and math and music and, you know, uh, that applied across the board, you know. So the things that we were looking for, we could find the answers in textbooks. You know, if you want to know more about a cardioid pattern or, or figure eight pattern, you want to know more about Fletcher Munson curve or whatever, you know, um, there was a textbook that had that information. Nowadays, you know, you, who knows where you can get your information. You can get your information from the worst possible source you could imagine. And that pretty much happens to be Facebook. I hate to say it. But, uh, you know, relying on Facebook as a resource is not a good idea. I was always very self-sufficient. I've always wanted to do it myself. And when I was, you know, first in the studios, like I said before, um, I was like a client being a band. I was in the studio. I always wanted to fire the engineer and I wanted to mix it. And I wanted to do that myself. And I wanted to be the editor and I wanted to be the one which kind of makes it hard now because with my with my demo uh, almost uh, almost live amazing demos I write all the scripts I direct I edit I'm you know I don't want anybody else to do it that they certainly could but you know I want to do it and and to me that's part of the fun but resources in my early days were textbooks um, now my resources are my colleagues you know, and I'm, I'm pretty picky about who I talk to, you know, there's maybe half a dozen people out there and I'm going to, I'm supposed to know all the answers. You know, I can't go on Facebook and ask a question. What? Dude, you're supposed to know that. I don't, you know, it's like call Emmett Andrews. <laughs> Dude, Emmett Andrews is off the charts right on everything he says. This you know Emmett, of course you know Emmett. Yes. 
Yes. Yeah. Uh, do you agree with me? Yes, 100%. Absolutely. Everything the guy said, everybody else has their opinion, you know, and they're hit and miss. But Emmett is, I don't know. I mean, the guy's got to be like an idiot savant, you know, um, which is a good thing. <laughs> I don't mean that in a bad way. Right. Um, but every answer, everybody, you know, there's answers, 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 and then there's Emmett. And it pretty much stops after that, you know. Um, but uh, he's, you know, he's great. Um, you know, one-on-one -on -one is always the way. A great resource for, for newcomers uh, is obviously Voice One, uh, Vio Atlanta. You know, um, now that everything's opening up again, Voice One is going to be in Dallas uh, in August this year. So I'm going to have a lot of fun there. I'm going to be oh, yeah. on a couple of workshops. I'm going to be on a couple of panels, hopefully, and, and uh, you know, a couple other things um, that I probably shouldn't talk about because I don't know all that much about them yet. But it'll be fun. And I love, you know, I love the big, the big bashes. You know, I live for that stuff. I'm the guy, I'm the first guy to go to bed. I'm in bed at 10, 30, 11 o'clock every night during the convention because in my early days you'd stay up all night and you'd be wrecked for the next day you know mm -hmm. so um you know never drink never ever drink at a, at a convention stay sober as a judge you know you never know when you're gonna be asked to say something or you know you don't want to say something stupid no. um but i've seen him i'll tell you what man you get really drunk at a convention that is not good for your career that's the main thing that people remember and it's hard to get away from that. So stay sober, no matter how much fun you're having or no matter how cute you think you are. <laughs> I take it from an old guy. I, I know for a fact, um, but I love that stuff. And, and that's a great resource now. Um, other great resources are uh, some of the online workshops. Mary Lynn's got a, a great one. Mm -hmm. David Noy's oh, got yeah. a great one. Jay Michael's always got great one. Anne's got great ones. You know, um, the circle of the top five or six names that come to mind, there's a reason they're the top five or six names that come to mind. They're really good. Dave Walsh is really good. Um, you know, Eric Romanowski is really good. Uh, they all have something to offer. Jody Gottlieb, Ellie Ray, and, and Deb, you know, are, are, have tons to offer. Um, so it's easier to get resources now than there was obviously before the internet. Uh, but the problem is you kind of have to filter through, you know, right. you pull out a textbook from W. Walter, you know, Hutchinson right. on acoustics and the laws of something pertaining to something, you know, that's probably pretty right on, mm -hmm. you know, but some guy will post the ultimate voiceover microphone guide, you know, and include an SM58. You know, no, it's it's there. I mean, I can give you the link. It's crazy. Um, and he took a lot of heat for it. You know, no problem with, hey, these are my favorite microphones. Right. But don't put out the ultimate, you know, anything. Um, there, there, there's so many different opinions. And every and since we're dealing with, you know, the human characteristic, everybody's different. Every voice is different. Uh, an eighth of a millimeter one way or another in your throat or your nasal passage completely changes your voice, completely changes your story, um, where you live, you know, um, the, your environment, all that stuff. So there's no one thing, you know, which is why guys like me have got dozen microphones back there. And, you know, I got more headphones sitting on a stand over here. Pick a headphone. I don't care which one, whichever one you want. 
oh, it's got to be this. Oh, no, I only use the DT, blah, 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 blah. You know, so, um, but there's plenty. Do your homework. No matter where you get your resource, do your homework. Oh, yeah. and believe nobody. Well, thanks, man. This has been a blast. Thank well, you so thank much for coming you. on. I'm tired. <laughs> I really hope you enjoyed listening to Cliff talk about the steps to getting into the automotive space creating a follow-up that makes the receiver want to open the email, and the different parts of his voiceover engine that keep it running. If you would like to know more about Cliff or how to book his phenomenal audio services, you can visit him at www.a-mazingdemos.com. Thank you to Cliff for giving us such actionable advice that we can put into place right now. Thank you for listening, and I'll see you next time. Thank you for listening to The VoiceOver Coffee Shop. For more information on guests, new episodes, and more, be sure to visit www.vocoffeeshop.com.